Please sit comfortably. I want to say a few words tonight about monkey mind. Um, monkey mind is usually considered the bête noire of Sazen, the negative thing that we're um, all trying to overcome. Um, but I've seen it in a somewhat different light um, recently. And uh, being um, not quite so time poor um, during this coronavirus lockdown, um, one of the things I've been doing is some creative writing and writing short stories. And uh, I've also um, just started reading a, a really wonderful book, which is called um, Perfect Motion, which is about walking um, by an author from Melbourne, actually, called John O'Lanine. Uh, it's a really wonderful book, and he describes how um, um, many people who have been creative people through history um, have walked and walked and walked. And a lot of their creative ideas actually came through the process of of walking and being in a sense of flow. Um, Charles Dickens is a very good example of it. He used to work, walk about 30 kilometres apparently through London in the evening um, and had all of these wonderful ideas came to him. Um, and when I was reflecting on it, what we refer to monkey mind in Zen practice or Buddhist practice in a negative way, it's pretty much usually when the underlying emotion of the monkey mind is a negative emotion like fear or anxiety or restlessness or anger. Um, but if you reflect on it, when your mind's just sort of spinning into different ideas, but the emotion behind it is joyful um, or even just pleasantly neutral or loving, then we don't actually consider it a problem. Mm -hmm. It's only when the monkey mind's driven by this anxious, restless, angry, irritable kind of um, background that we then think of it as being problematic. And I've noticed when I go walking, I've been doing a lot of walking of late too, um, that there's a way where I walk and I am, it is my intention to walk mindfully. And so my mind is calm and everything's going past in the bush or on the street and I'm also aware of what I'm looking at, you know, the wind and the, and the river and all those things. But there's also a story going on in my own mind at the same time. And, uh, and there's different connections and words and phrases start to emerge out of that experience, which I then may write down later. And so it's often the nature of our mind um, that it's the nature of our unconscious in particular that our our brain mind is firing out all kind of random interesting ideas all the time <clears throat> except maybe when my experience has been like in a in a session where things become very very quiet in the mind there's hardly anything going on that can occur, but everyday life and even everyday meditation seems to have um, a, an experience of quiet, focused mind. There's all these 
things flitting, coming and going at the same time. Um, so it can be a creative process, monkey mind, when it's utilised, not with negative emotional experiences behind it. I'm also reminded, um, some of you would be aware of the um, great Australian writer David Maloof, who is one of my favourite authors. In one of his books, he describes a man um, fishing um, in a lake and the man is just throwing his line over and it goes down and describes how the, how the fish wanders around the line and it eventually gets on the hook and this thing from the deep dark depths of the river that you can't see is suddenly pulled to the surface and this great big silver astonishing fish comes to the surface. Um, what David Maloof was describing something literally but he was also um, writing about the metaphor of creativity as well. And it's a good one. You kind of just sit there with a quiet mind throwing you and you throw your, your line over and you do nothing. You know, and the line goes down into the unconscious, into the depths of the unconscious and it draws something up from the unconscious and then you paint it or you write it down or whatever you might do. But it's a good metaphor and he does it so well. And so there is something in the nature of meditation where you experience a sense of flow. A lot of Zen people are quite creative people as well. Zen has been associated with the arts um, right through um, history. Um, and so even in the way that we meditate, Um, you can do breath counting, for instance, which is a good practice to do to really focus the mind. And that's been seen as a, a good practice to actually tame the monkey mind. Mm -hmm. um, but it's not the be-all and end-all of practice. And I'm also reminded that um, Chogyam Trungpa um, suggested from Tibetan Buddhism that what he aspired to, to essentially teach people meditation after they'd done breath counting or preliminary practices was do a, a practice where when you breathed in you really focused on your in-breath very in a very concentrated way and then when you breathed out you let your mind just be free and just see whatever arises as you breathe out then focus as you breathe in just let go of the focus let anything happen as you breathe out he was saying in a sense that it was a deeper form of meditation than just being purely concentrated on one object because it allows the freedom of the mind to, to throw up what is ever there that you need to look at, you know, and the hindrances that might be there in your mind. Whereas if your mind is over-focused just on one object, there are very deep states of concentration you can get into, but you never really see the nature of the mind and how it works. Mm -hmm. um, so there seems to be, and the same works with doing koan study, you quieten your mind and you have a focus on the koan and yet you can't be, you can't be trying too hard. It's got to be, it's like the fisherman, you throw your hook over and see what happens. And, and when it's, you do koan study with that frame of mind, you're focused, but it's kind of like you allow anything 
to arise out of the unconscious. It's like almost the unconscious resolves the koan rather than because as you many of you know who do do that kind of um, practice with me um, you don't get there by consciously trying to think something out it happens when the, the grasping mind lets go like with any creative process but having so i just want to make that distinction that um, monkey mind in itself is not necessarily a negative thing which is the bait mar of, of sazen it is when it's driven by negative emotions like fear and anger in particular. Um, but when we can have that steady conscious focus and just allow the randomness of the mind to work, it can be a, a wonderful experience. But the way we can um, work with the monkey mind when it is in those negative states of mind and driven by those negative states of mind. One, one of the age-old practices, focused attention, focusing on an object, focusing on the breath, focusing on breath counting is one way of doing it. But And that can work sometimes, but then probably all of us have experienced at some time in our life or in our meditation, that as try as we may just to focus on a single object and tame the monkey mind, it's so rampant that you, you can't control it. Um, the next step down from there is just watching it mm -hmm. and noticing the thoughts that come out of it that may be really negative, destructive thoughts and as much as you can, letting them go. Sometimes that works, just to be with and let go. Sometimes the thoughts and the emotions are so intense that even letting go of them doesn't work. Mm -hmm. And uh, despite our, all of our attempts to just let go and come back to be present, they're still rampant. And when that occurs, the best thing we can do is not to try and let it go, which is trying to subtly change something, but just let it be. And with letting be, Letting be really, when we when we come down to it, is a very, very deep acceptance of what it is we're experiencing, even though what we may be experiencing may be highly anxious. And it's just allowing it to go through. And, and to deeply accept that um, it, it, it's, it's not an easy thing to do. You, you can do it, but it's not an easy thing to do. It's not just some kind of active will, okay, I'll, deeply, I'll just accept it. Um, there has to be a really com a real deep commitment to the anxiety and the anxious thinking that going, is going through your mind is really just accepted as a manifestation of Buddha nature right now. It's what's happening and there's, there's nothing you can do about it. You just have to, you have no control about what's arising in your mind. Mm -hmm. um, and in that way, if you really surrender to it, it can become another form of practice. And you just, it's like watching a storm. It's just like a storm of thinking and emotions that comes and go. And, and you know from experience, it's just because you think something, um, it doesn't need to be true. It's just a tumble of thoughts that comes and go. And then you, you have a very different perspective on life once the, the storm has passed. And finally, if all of those things fail and you keep having some random thought that's got a pattern to it and it keeps on going through your mind, like I'm making one up, but 
at the basis of everything going through your mind in some restless kind of ways, like for example, that life is meaningless, if that's the theme of it, then just keep repeating to yourself that life is meaningless over and over again. Make that the focus of your attention and just watch it mindfully over and over again. Whatever the force of energy is, instead of trying to oppose it, roll with it um, in a jujitsu kind of way. Um, so that's about all I had to say tonight, is to make that distinction sometimes between um, embracing the randomness of the mind that's not necessarily a, construct, a destructive kind of um, energy.